Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Everybody, everybody, it's episode 23 of Please Advise. Our guest today is Leslie Grossman. Hello. Do you know who she is? I do. She's an actress. <laughs> um, you may know her from Popular. That's my best friend Ed's favorite show. Everyone here loves Ed. You love Ed. I love Ed is an angel from heaven. Heaven. He's literally a ball of light. He's yeah. just a ray of sunshine. That's what I, I had to find um, words the other day to describe him. And I was, yeah. He's like a glowing ball of light. Yes. Like no. he's just a puppy, like glowing ball, <laughs> puppy of light. He's like, just a wonderful person. Yeah. He's one of those people that like, if I'm out and I run into someone or I see someone I know, my natural instinct is to hide. Oh, completely. Turn the other direction. I would run to Ed. I would yell his name, <laughs> Ed, Ed. I would like jump up and down to get his attention. He's the best. He is the best. I I totally agree with you, by the way. I think it's like so fucking rude to see people in public. Like, I'm just like, you don't know me. <laughs> We're not here. I, I don't exist it. in this world. I yeah. hate it. I also, think I don't exist in the world. So I like understand. When I move about. Like, yeah. I'm, no one sees me. And also, maybe you're just like, running an errand and you're just in the middle of something and you don't feel like being social Mm-mm. at that moment. And I recently successfully avoided someone at the Grove and it was such a close call. I felt like Jason Bourne. Oh my God. Like it was amazing. Like my heart was pounding. Mm-hmm. I heard music in the background and I was like, they didn't see me. I am a master. It was great. Do you know it's someone that would like need to say hi? Because I oh. I completely ignore people all the time. Like I'll see someone be, clock them and be like, yeah, I know who that is, <laughs> but I'm not saying hi. But it's not about them. It's usually about me. I just don't want to. Yeah. Well, as someone you know would be no, it would no, be problematic. Was, no, no. This was someone that it was going to be a long, engaged conversation with heavy eye contact. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't – I wasn't in the mood. I was just doing my no. thing and I couldn't do it. But it was – it really was by the skin of my teeth that I escaped this interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well. well, thank God for that. Yeah. Um, Leslie, we have a lot of people that call in and they want to be successful of some type. <laughs> they want – they all want to be – everyone wants to be successful and they're yeah, very – We definitely have a question about that. We'll get, we'll get really into it, but let's just like cut any sort of bullshit off at the past because these people do get into you. Like they start to – like you, you start to like really think about what success would mean for them. Uh-huh. Just what is success? Like what is – how do you – how do what, – What's my definition of success? Yes. Wow, that's a really intense question. I would say this that, is like Oprah's masterclass right now. I know it really is, which, by the way, I'll watch every now and again. Um, have you been to Montecito? I have been to Montecito I many times. I just went. It's and insane. It's crazy. Like yeah. their little town is like an old timey post office. Yeah. A, a, a fucking uh, Sotheby's realty, realty place. And then like, and then like, like a store with just like beachy notions. Notions. Yeah. 100%. Notions. That are like $6,000 for a starfish. 100%. Uh-huh. Anyway, so that, anyway, oh Very beautiful, I'm honest. Gorgeous. Drew Barrymore lives here too. Sure. My definition of success, uh, well, it's going to be corny, Molly. If you I want like my that. honest definition no. of success. Yeah. I think it is, oh, this is very corny. 
it's it's loving and being loved by people that matter to you. That's great. That is true success. Yeah. Because particularly where we live in Los Angeles, it is very easy to gauge success by the car someone's driving, the clothes they're wearing, yeah. where they live. As we all know, that is not at all the most important thing. Right. And that success is truly having, in my opinion, loving, real relationships with the people closest to you. There you Happy, go. Happy, successful relationships. Because without that, there none of that material stuff, you don't share it with anyone in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. So then it's meaningless. Yeah. So that's my definition. I completely agree with you. I think that is. And you would know, too. You, like, grew up here and uh-huh. you've been in this game for a minute. Yeah. So you know a lot of, like, flashy, successful people. Mm-hmm. But that's real. That well, is I do real. remember my dad. I had a friend who had a dad that seemed real shady. And he always had super fancy cars. And I remember my dad telling me at a very young age, just because someone is driving that car does not mean they can afford that car. Right. On any level. And that really kind of blew my mind. I was like, you can have a Rolls Royce and not be able to afford it. He was like, welcome to Los Angeles. Yeah. So I think I sort of grew up seeing things through those eyes. Yeah. Like, just keep focused on what's important and what's an actual real thing. That's almost very Jill Zarin of you. It's a little Jill Zarin. You know, because – My husband's a little bit like Bobby. There's a little Bobby Zarin in my John. I like that about you because she – I did think she kind of nailed that on the head when – who was that was spending way outside of their means on the show? And Oh, Alex. Alex. Was it Alex? She, no. Well, it was, it she was, was someone though. that was like, yeah. Well, Alex, honey, I mean. Ugh, what a mess. Sweetheart. Where's Alex right now? Getting rid of her was the dumbest thing that Bravo has ever done because she was so useless <laughs> and like just such a little field mouse. Like when Luann told her to get back into the cupboard she came from, like I was oh. like, that's too real. No, it was scary. Because she did come from a cupboard. I remember. <laughs> like a Midwestern cupboard. Was it her that was wearing those those Louboutins that were like Frankenstein shoes. Yeah, oh, even Louis they, Vuitton makes mistakes, Louis, honey. Yes, oh, that was so great. Not Louis Vuitton, Ooh. Louis Vuitton. You're right. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Oh, I miss her. And she said Louis Vuitton. Vuitton. Like Vuitton. Vuitton. And it's like, oh, <laughs> Countess, you've outdone yourself, sweetheart. I just love that people made fun of her because she lived in Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah. Come on, honey, Brooklyn. Yeah, but do you remember when she redid that sad townhouse and it just looked like a horrible but brothel? just like her shit everywhere, like Ugh. the clothing racks. Yeah. And then, like, like kids running around in diapers terrible like children seven. no yeah no bad kids johanna and francois they're probably <laughs> still not doing well no those young boys uh hate to say according like to this she's living in australia now what what oh i be i believe they that moved to, did you see her on couples therapy no oh it's so great she she and um that husband got into a fight at the pool okay so she got out of the pool and stormed off but <gasps> she slipped oh that's right you and know they, what i saw that clip they played it over and over it was so phenomenal i remember i saw i only saw clips of them because courtney stodden was such a hot button <laughs> issue on the show yeah. and i enjoy courtney but how could you not I, she's just fabulous so, ed and i saw her at the movies once at and the it arc was like, she's always there were you there i've seen the her, time we saw her no i've seen her seven other times oh my god it was amazing it was just this like plastic yeah. blonde thing like it yeah. was like cousin it but with like barbie hair mm-hmm. like walking through the Theater and we I, like you just knew it was her. Yeah, it was one of those. I just it's hard to believe that that's an actual person who lives 
in the world. It's right. fascinating. She's amazing. She was great on couples therapy too. She was. Yeah, it was great. It was yeah. great entertaining. Because I know she like like basically was like, no, I'm not not dressing like a hooker. Like yeah. everyone has to put up with this. No, and she left. Mm-hmm. It was great. She left for her right to show her body off. She turned 18 like right before that show started. I think yeah. so, yeah. God bless. It's God bless. I was such a nerd when I was in high school. Like I would have never, first of all, ha- I would have been so repulsed if a 50-year-old man like hit repulsed? on me. I would have been terrified. I would have been so Totally. Yeah, no, I was like, when I like 15, I was like binging on Hala watching, <laughs> you know, uh, Webster with yeah. my parents. Like I was not even anywhere near that headspace. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like I can't even <sighs> understand. I'll, the, the best thing about her though is that the mother is really like into it. And yeah. It's great. And oh, has yeah. encouraged this behavior. He's been a really big help to yeah, them and their look, family. Doug. Doug has been so good to her his her daughter. What's um, crazy is Doug, and I'll, then I'll stop this. Doug no. had a legitimate career. I mean, Doug yeah. was a real, he was on the Green Mile. Like he yeah. had a real career and it's just over for this. Speaking of the Green Mile, did sure. you see Vanderpump Rules last night? Of course. I okay. I don't miss everything. It. Oh, it's everything. everything. I was Who's with your Tom favorite? and Ariana last night. Okay. I watched the show with them. Hold on. Can we just have a timeout? I'm making the timeout sign. Okay. How did this happen? Okay. So my friend. You know he's my favorite. Tom Sandoval? By far. Okay. By yeah. far. Last night he said he was like Spanish, Irish, and something else. And I was like, oh, Spanish. It's like basically Mexican. And <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, I don't know why I said that, but like it occurred to me this morning. I was like, Molly, that's very racist <laughs> and like not true. And like one is European and one is not. You like, were overwhelmed. No, I was just overwhelmed like talking. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, oh, basically Mexican. How did you what? get into this face-to-face time um, Okay, so and what happened their was, show with them. So my friend Lara came on this podcast and she loves Vanderpump Rules Who and doesn't? we like went off on it. Yeah. And Lara's a real super fan. Like she went to Villa Blanca for lunch and served for oh. dinner on her birthday last oh, year. That's okay. Cute. So Good she for just her. like really and she got to meet Lisa and Ken and the whole Ken. thing. And she's very well connected in the gay scene. So yeah. like she was with um the guy from the Scissors Sisters. Does she know got fifty gay mayors. Yeah, fifty gay mayors. Uh-huh. Everything. So um I'm surprised there's like only fifty gay mayors. Maybe I mean there's probably more that couldn't respond. But um <laughs> So, yeah, so Lisa, but a mayor is a perfect position for a gay guy. Yeah. You know, governor, maybe not, mayor, definitely. I agree. Um, so, yeah, yeah, no, what happened was, I guess Ariana follows me on Vine. And nice. when Lara started this pump podcast, um, one of her friends said, like, oh, Malls is tweeting about this pumped thing uh-huh. and then Ariana followed and then she tweeted something about wags and I was like oh so she like n- is in it yeah and I didn't know like to what how yeah like she knows wags I don't She's check in vine you know yeah. like I don't know I didn't realize when that- I when I upgraded my phone it kicked me out of vine and, and I, I didn't mess up I don't even know how to sign up again so mm. I was like forget it yeah I just wasn't checking it and I then never I made one didn't respect the medium no <laughs> I had to be honest so I just kind of like uh-huh you know, yeah. the people who are big on Vine to me, I'm like, take it to Twitter. Yeah. Like, it's real rapey. I, on I don't there need too. a musical accompaniment or something. No. With, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So they came over and did the podcast last night, and Ariana was going to come it's by amazing. herself. And then she's like, can I bring a friend? And then she was like, can I bring Tom? And That's I like said to insane. Lara, I was like, we're outnumbered. I was <laughs> like, she can't bring two people. Like, if she brings two people, we're outnumbered. Yeah. There's more Vanderpump Rules people there than not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I still were- can I bring Tom? No, you can't bring the star of the show. Yeah, I know. No. But she's my favorite. And I really like her because she, could, like, hates the show. Oh, does she? And, like, watches it and is like, 
Ugh. Is she dying? Like, yeah. oh, why? She's just like, these people, like, she was barely in last night's episode, and I think that she felt really bad because the Tom and Katie stuff went down last night yeah. for people who are listening. This is two weeks ago sure. for them, so they don't know, but, like, Tom and... Tom told Katie he had made out with some girl in Vegas. Right. So that was – they were upset about that because I think they are close friends with Schwartz. Yeah. Katie, I think, is more Team Stassi. Sure. Uh But yeah, like they were – that was a very difficult episode. Did anyone notice in the first episode of this season – they're just doing like quick cuts of people getting ready. And Tom is shaving his forehead. Yeah, we asked him about that last night. Thank you. And I, I feel said like a lot him, of people miss that. And for me, that was the most important part of the episode. Go same on. reason Caroline Manzo shaves her face. He actually said, he's Wait, like. Because it exfoliates? Exfoliates. I have horrible dreams He said, dreams when I'm drunk, face. he's like, when I get too drunk and like I wake up the next day and like I'm hungover, he's like, I only shave my face when I'm really hungover. That's so weird. Because but he says form- that it just like makes him feel like clean. Okay, like, like taking that layer of skin off. Yeah. Okay. So he does it for exfoliation purposes. And Got apparently it. Tom is not very close with the women in his life. I asked him if he was very, I, I said, you give me vibes of someone who had a very close relationship with their mother. And yeah. he was like, no, not really. Aww. It was more my dad. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay. So I don't know where I've put you. Now. Yeah. I'm no, not I really don't know sure. who you are. Yeah. Are Tom and Ariana an actual couple? Very, very happy. Really? And a very, real very, a real couple. Got it. Like really enjoy each other. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like Ryan and I just, my friend Ryan O'Connell. Mm-hmm who lives with Lara was just like, I don't know how to treat them. And I was like, I agree. <laughs> I don't, like, God, do you treat them like normal people? You, uh, you can't. treat them like normal people. No, but like, they're just, you can't. they're like, you know, people that we would hang out with just a little different. Yeah. <laughs> just a little different. Just a little different. Like the things that they laugh about, I just were like, you know, Tom sang some song that he sings around the apartment about like men in leggings. Okay. And like, he had like a dance move. And she thought it was hilarious and she adorable. loved it. Yeah. Loved it. She was like, honey, do the legging song. Oh, and that's yeah. so, and we all kind of were like, <gasps> Oh, like yeah. after, you know, because you're just watching this. For, it's always that thing where it's like, okay, well, first of all, this is like kind of a couple saying, like, yeah. this is, sounds like something that should have stayed in the yeah, apartment. You don't need to bring me into this. But mm-hmm. also, do you know who you are? Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you- have you have you also taken in his bedroom set? It fills me with unspeakable sadness. Well, that's the thing is that she, Ariana said that she wants to record a signal called um, Not My Apartment. And just because she's like, that's my thing that I say all the yeah. time is like, Not My Apartment, Not My Apartment. He said yeah. that the Astral Glide that was on the floor, he said it, he thinks was Jax's because it was from when Jax was living there. But the and interior is their apartment. I think the exteriors she, are not, but the interior is Tom's apartment, right? Mm, yeah. Oh, that oh, bedroom no, set. It really bums me out. Yeah, <laughs> so he, uh, but Ariana has since moved in. I think it's been like okay. six months or something okay. since that happened. But by the way, last night's episode was filmed in like July, and so that sure. that big gold sweater that Stassi yeah. was wearing. Oh, yeah. He, he's like, it's fucking July. <laughs> like, why? And he hated that sweater. Oh, I'm so, I'm so happy that other people are as invested as I am. They, they seem pretty invested in it themselves. Like, mm-hmm. they're pretty, like, you know. I forced Jax, Jax to take a picture with me once oh. at um, that restaurant, All About the Bread, on Melrose. It's oh. a sandwich place. Actually, I've been there. It's really good. He was there wearing a sweater. Uh-huh. And, like, that big, you know, he likes those big cable knit sweaters. And yeah. He was wearing a sweater, and I, I don't, like... Here's the funny thing. If I saw George Clooney, I'd be like, okay. Like, I wouldn't dream of speaking to George Clooney. Right. I would see that, t- discuss that with myself in my head and then <laughs> promptly ignore him. But, like, Jax, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, I got so excited. And, um, you know, Gillian, who's on Community, like, we are obsessed yeah. with Vanderpump Rules and Jax. So I immediately texted her and I was like, Jax is here. And she was like, you need to make contact with him immediately. And I said, I don't think I can. 
And she said, you have to for us. So I just went out to him and I was like, hey, Jax, like I wasn't polite at all. And he was in the middle of eating and he was like, yeah. And I was like, hey, can I just take a quick picture with you? And he was like, all right. And he was like, perfectly nice. And was like, what's your name? I go, you don't care what my name is, Jax. I go, just look at the camera and smile and let me get the fuck out of here. And he was like, okay. So we took the picture and I just literally... I ran away. Like, I couldn't even, it was like looking into the sun. You, like, really kept that real with nope. him. The fact I kept that you, really you don't real. care about nope. me. I was just like, you don't want to know my name. <laughs> exactly. It's like, what, we're going to become friends? Like, you don't care. Like, just let me take my picture. And then he was like messing with his hair. He's like, my hair. I was like, stop with your hair, Jax. I was oh, like, your hair is Oh, my fine. God. You owned it. You him. know it. I was very intense. And then I just got the fuck out of there. I love quickly. that. I just needed what I needed, which was my it's, picture. You know, it's funny, too, because, like, they're, you just treat them like that. Like, no, that's how it exactly. is. You're just like, you're a prop. You know it. Like, just stay here. That's why you wouldn't say hi to George Clooney because no. he's real. He's a real person. Jax is like, that's like walking in and seeing like fucking Tweety Bird. Like it just is like, he wouldn't have any qualms about running up to Tweety Bird and molesting his head either. 100%. You know? He isn't no different to me in my mind than Grumpy Cat. Like no. Grumpy Cat, it's like, get the fuck over here take a picture with me and go back to your litter box, Grumpy Cat. Like it's the same as you nailed it on the head. Did You're you exactly watch right. Grumpy Cat Christmas? You know, I TV'd it for my daughter. Mm-hmm. We watched five minutes and she said, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my Ooh, life. Ooh, Goldie. And then I had to turn it off. I know. I th- I mean, look, I think I thought it was cute. I don't I know. I kind of felt bad for Aubrey Plaza that she br- like got into this grumpy cat deal. <laughs> and then the best they could do, they were like, okay, so Lifetime's interested. <laughs> and she's like, at Lifetime, like, I'm on a fucking full-blown network show. I've been on it for five years. The best yeah. you guys can do is Lifetime for mm-hmm. Grumpy Cat. Not yeah. even like an ABC family it moment. It like it kind of came and went to real quiet life. Yeah. Like, no one seemed to really, it didn't really... Grumpy it doesn't really Christmas. fit Lifetime's like movie. No, like, not at all. No, even no, USA I mean, would have been better. Lifetime's like Aubrey Plaza would consider doing. A, I mean, <laughs> if she would consider doing a Lifetime thing, yeah, like it's a really intense. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Well, do you want to do some calls? Yes. All right. I can talk about Vanderpump Rules forever, but I'll you get think to the they're calls. fucked up? You should hear our callers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> would we get to hear their calls? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, I thought they were maybe just emails. I'm really excited. Oh no, okay. no, 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 no. Yeah. Okay, go. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> Hey, Balls. Um, I'm a long-time listener out of, like, 16 episodes. I guess that's a long time, but super supportive. You're awesome. Anyway, I have a friend that's kind of a dick. He works in the tech industry, um, and, you know, he doesn't he doesn't not come from money. You know, he's he's well off. Um, every time you go out to eat, whether you like the service or not, he never tips, and I think that's such a dick move. Regardless of whether you like the service or not, I think people deserve very minimum because even if it doesn't go to the front of house, it might go to the back of house, and you might want to tip Jose in the back or Lupita, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of racist, but whatever. Anyway, my point is, how do you feel about tipping or not tipping uh, when the service is bad or just below your expectations? Um, hope to hear from you. Love you. Bye. Lupita. Lupita was, in the kitchen or whatever. I that might be racist or whatever. No, that's just flat out racist. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, your instincts were good on that one. Um, this is a very tricky question. I am a chronic over tipper. Mm. Like, I really am. Yeah. It, it, I do that too just because, yeah. like, as a person of color, we do not have the best reputation for tipping. <laughs> I guess or Jewish, showing up on time. So Jewish do people don't either, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So I just always like tip 20% minimum yeah. or over, regardless if they were terrible or yeah. not. Yeah. You know, I it's very tricky because yeah. I know that that is by the way, service industry jobs are not easy. No. And I've always said, and this is not something I invented this saying, but it's the truth. 
you can 100% get a real gauge on someone's personality by how they treat someone mm-hmm. who's serving them in any capacity. When I was dating, if I went out with a guy who like was even remotely cruel, it's like a waiter or valet or like impatient or anything like that, like forget it. No, it's disgusting forget and it. horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard work. Mm-hmm. I also am a big fan of people not spitting in my food, yes. which I have many friends that have been in the service industry and they're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. people do it all the time. So I'm also, I'm, sometimes I'm overly solicitous. Yeah. Like if I get just the wrong dish, then I w- might say like, you know, this actually isn't what I ordered. I ordered the pasta and not the steak, but I'm so nice about it. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I'm apologetic yeah. even though I did nothing. Um, even if the service is subpar, I do tend to tip the full amount. If it's if someone is straight up rude to me, because it also it, it's not just the waiter. Like he was saying, it might be the busser or whomever who they have to share those tips with. I will say this: just like like I went out to dinner at the Grove at that Italian place mm-hmm. with my niece and my nephew and my daughter, and it was like hectic and Friday night in the Grove. Our waitress was so lovely and so accommodating and so adorable and so great with the kids. Not only did I overtip her, but I went downstairs and I asked for the manager. And I said, are you the manager? He said, yes. And he had a look on his face like, oh, God, you're going to complain to me. And I said, she was adorable. Like You have to know she was so lovely mm-hmm. and wonderful and fabulous. So just like I will do that, I am also happy to approach the manager and say, I got to tell you, that guy is an asshole. Okay. And made my experience unpleasant. Yeah. So you should know that. I'd rather tip because I don't know how those tips get distributed. Right. And I don't want to punish someone who wasn't a jerk. Mm-hmm. But I'm more than happy to tell tell that person's manager. Is that terrible? No. No, because I don't I, think so like at all. Also- That's the only way you can hold someone accountable in that industry, really. Because, I mean, so many I, – I, I've waited tables before. Like, there's so much stuff that comes back through the kitchen just in terms of, like, the rumor mill and, like, oh, like – this person was busting my table mm-hmm. and they fucked up and that, you know, like, honestly, that's really the only way a customer to relate right? like that to management is really the only way that the truth gets brought back there. Yeah. Because there's always, I mean, I've been fucked over by the kitchen and then oh. have my table get mad at me <laughs> or like, you know, bartender. It's all different separate departments. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I really think that's good. I think Jax and Tom could talk to this too. Uh, mm-hmm. But I... Totally agree with you. And I also just feel like if you really hate your job, yeah. and I'm sorry that you hate it and I'm sorry that it sucks, but I'm just a customer coming in to buy something here. Like, don't right. fucking take that shit out on me. Like, I'm yeah. just here like as an innocent whatever. So I, long story short, I'm just an, I'm an over tipper. So you think this guy's like a fucking ferocious douche for not tipping ever. He doesn't tease it. He does well in the tech industry. He is from money. He does not tip. I like that terrible. sounds some real rich people shit to me. It's like a, only well, you know really rich a, people don't tip. But that's the most cliche thing in the world that the Absolutely. richest people are always the cheapest. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Yeah. What were and you? don't understand mm-hmm. like the economics of the restaurant world yeah. and tipping and that if that like in states like Massachusetts, you make two thirty five an hour if you're a waitress. Is it's that like, true? That's the most you're allowed to make. <gasps> is, is that, that true? it caps at two thirty five an <gasps> hour? It might be up to six an hour or something like that. But you make less than minimum wage because they know that you live off your tips. Oh, man. But in states like California, there's this new restaurant um, in Glendale called like uh, Brand One Fifty One or something, and it's on brand. And what they do is they don't allow tips at all, and so but they t- they 
they pay their staff like $20 an hour okay. to compensate for the fact that there's no tips. Yeah. And the whole policy behind it is just like we don't want to put that pressure on our customers yeah. about like what you think whether or not that you should tip or doing the math with the wine and doing everything else. They just want people to come in, pay the bill have a normal experience right. and yeah I kind of like that they also don't they also said something about we don't want people handling cash like that because yeah. it's it makes it even dirtier if, oh. if we're all like you know going through tips like they prefer you pay with a credit card interesting they prefer that you don't tip because they don't want the money floating around the restaurant interesting right I kind of like that because it takes care of it for you yeah there's another restaurant in LA that includes a tip line for the cooks and bus oh. oh okay yeah really yeah well, I would probably tip them more than anyone. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's super awkward because it's like, what if you tip them more than you tip your waiter? What is the – I don't think – see, I don't know if that's appropriate. <laughs> I don't think you should be tipping the chef at a restaurant. Yeah. I feel like that's like – a chef should just be well compensated. Yeah. Like they should be making – No, I agree. You know, 40 bucks an hour, 50 bucks an hour. Yeah. No, I agree. But I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of tipping. Yeah. I, I really am. And I think people – I have had to go back. I've – pretended that I had to go to the bathroom and went back into a restaurant and put more money down on the table. Because the when, person didn't. Because someone was like, oh, I'll take care of it and then tipped in a way that I thought was really stingy. Right. I always look at what the other person is tipping yeah. and I split a bill. Me too. Always. But yeah. not to be rude, but just because I am like usually I copy comp- Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. I to- no, I like see if I have to compensate. Yeah. yeah. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I, um, we have such hangups about tipping. I just think, I think it like comments on – it's, I think it cuts to the core of who you are as a person with mm-hmm. what your policy on tipping is. I think if you don't believe in tipping and you're punitive with your tipping, you're a piece of shit. I'm sorry. You're just As opposed a to a person. person. This guy doesn't even seem like punitive. It just seems like he doesn't care. But like it's he just like, ignores the concept of it. But there's no like generosity of spirit. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? No, I like, completely agree. I also think it's that you really can't even begin to think about anyone else's situation. That you're so self-focused that you can't even for one second think about this other person and their experience. And what it's like for them at the end of the night. Absolutely. So. No, that's a guy that's probably taking advantage of a girl at a party. Hello. Yeah, that is. Maybe this caller should cut this guy out. They go hand in hand to me. Yeah. I'm like, you've probably yeah. taken advantage of. Because he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit. No, so maybe the, maybe the bigger answer to this question is cut your friend loose. Yeah, I think so. I agree. Next call. Malls. Oh, my gosh, I need your advice. Yeah. Um, so here's the sitch. I am dating someone, been about four months, and I have come back to the area where I grew up, and I found out that he is friends with an ex-boyfriend who was extremely abusive. Mind you, this was like, you know, 15 years ago. But let me emphasize how horrible this person was. And when I found out, I kind of asked him about it, and he kind of defended him. It was like, people change, blah, blah, blah. And I'm having, I'm having some trouble with it. I don't think that it's a deal breaker, but I'm really sensitive to it. And I did tell him, like, I'm not telling you to not be friends with him. And they're not like friends, you know, hey, hang out every day. They're like, you know, hey, I'm hanging out at this particular bar, um, basically friends of him at a time in his life when he was not with me, drinking very heavily, blah, blah, blah. He was with a girl for about five years. They all both cheated on each other. He, seemed, he says he loves me. Coming when he said the only way to trust someone, 
to find out if you can trust them or is it just trust them. And I'm trying, Mom. I'm a huge fan of yours. Um, and I'm kind of starting my life over. I'm a writer. I obviously am uh, broke. I don't really have a lot of what you would call um, perceived value. But this is someone who I, I really care about, and it, it, it's bothersome. And it has bled into other areas now that seem to, like, say that I'm insecure about myself, um, where, you know, he dated a stripper who I know in this small town who, you know, small town back, man. Um, what do I do, like, if he really wants to be friends with this horrible man? Like, he said it sounded like I had hate for him. And I wouldn't call it hate. I said I hated what he did to me. I respect people can change, although he said that he knows he's uh, done this with other women, like hurt them physically. No man has ever hurt me physically uh, since this man. Mind you, I, I'm 36. This was when I was, what, like 16, 17. It doesn't matter to me. It just I can't connect the fact that this, this man that I care so much for and have so much love for um could be friends with someone who was so horrible to me. Um, I need your advice. Well, come on. Come <laughs> You know, she said something that, like, kind of chilled me to my core. Perceived value. Woo! Woo! I don't have a lot of perceived I think value. that she was trying to, like, say, like, I'm valuable, but, like, people wouldn't perceive me as that, which is, like even darker in a way because it's like projecting that onto other people. Here's the thing. You know, RuPaul has the old saying, if you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? Right? right. And that is the first thing that I thought when I heard this call. Yeah. Um, why are you accepting anything substandard in your life? It seems weird. Why would you ever accept anyone that would try to rationalize somebody that was physically, and you said extremely, you emphasized, extremely abusive. Guess what? People don't change. And I'm at first sorry. I wanted to go and say like, girl, like you dated him when you were 16. And then I thought about it and I was like, if I sat here today and I said, I am dating a guy who's really good friends with someone who beat me when uh -huh. I was in high school. Also, you know, he, he doesn't really listen to me about that. He kind of discredits that. But then also he like, this guy dated a stripper and that makes me uncomfortable. Like, it just doesn't sound like if I saying that out loud as a different person, I don't know if you can hear me the way I heard you, <laughs> yes. but that just seems like a lot of negative things piling up against him. Uh-huh. And also, here's the thing. If I tell a guy that I'm with, oh, listen, I found out you were friends with this person and mm -hmm. I want you to know what happened with this person and me. This is the response. I don't know if that's proper grammar. This is the response that I want to hear. What? Fuck that motherfucker. He better pray he doesn't see me. Right. I'm not kidding. And maybe I'm going to go have a little talk with him. And I don't care that it was 15 years ago. Right. That's what you need a man in your life to do. To mm -hmm. take up for you. To blow it off. Eh, we're not really good friends. You know, I don't know that this guy is that invested in you. And I don't know that the guy, this guy cares about you so much. And by the way, 
You are not to take that personally. Right. That's on him. It's not on you. People are fucking casual and weird and accept like substandard behavior. No. It's so weird. People just will be like, yeah, like I guess I just have to think about how guys compartmentalize things differently. Like if I have to hear one more time about how guys compartmentalize things differently than women, it's just like, (laughs) no, I don't care like what compartment he puts it in. Yeah. That's fucked up. Like, I, mm-hmm. I bad behavior is bad behavior. No. And if someone, like, makes passes for that or is like, oh, I turn the other way, like, I don't think about it like that. Well, think about it like that. Like, you have to. But I think the bigger question, as opposed to wondering about this guy and I don't know what to do about this guy, I think the bigger question is why am I accepting bullshit yeah. from people who don't prioritize me, who don't take up for me, who don't protect me, who don't defend me? Get rid of this guy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you said you were 36 years old, and I think women get real trapped in an age thing. I'm going to tell a very quick story. Okay. I went to a wedding recently Uh of two Mm 41-year-olds, never been married before, had each lived with people, had long-term relationships, and it was the best wedding I've ever been to. Because what both of them said was, every shitty bad experience, like, led me to you. Mm -hmm. It only refined what they wanted who they wanted, what the relationship was that they wanted. Yes. And I think that women get into a thing where they panic. They have an age and they panic. I need this shit to stop. Right. Like it upsets me and it makes me feel bad Mm -hmm. because better to be alone and meet the right person at 48 years old than to be 38 and being with some guy who doesn't give a shit about you. Yeah. I'm sorry. He doesn't care about you. And he doesn't not care about you because you're not – lovable right it's because he's a fucking douchebag right it's not your job to make someone be in love with you that is not your job your job is to be you to be the best version of yourself that you can be for yourself yeah and if someone isn't knocking shit over to be next to you right to protect you to defend you fuck them and move on Amen. better to be alone this makes me nuts, like, when I hear this. It's scarier to think about a 36-year-old woman, like, sinking her heels into a bad situation than it is to think about a single 36-year-old woman. Like, Life absolutely. is short. Mm-hmm. It is short. These are precious moments of your life. It's also very long, though. Like, life can also be very long. And if you set yourself up in a shitty-ass situation, (laughs) you're going to be in that situation for what feels like an eternity. Like, every year with a bad guy is, like hell on earth. I agree with you. Yeah. And, and and to look back and say I wasted those those precious years of my life with someone. Look, when it comes right down to it, the best thing you can do, this is so corny, is I hope that you have good girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Focus on your good girlfriends, develop the relationships with people who care about you and you know they care about you because they show they care about you. Right. And when it comes right down to it, be happy with you. Enjoy your own company. Don't be with someone because you're afraid to be alone. Right. When you enjoy your own company, that is when people are literally banging down your door to be around you. That's very true. I genuinely believe that. So if I told my boyfriend, you know, you're friends with someone uh, that was fucking disgusting with me yeah. years ago, and he didn't have a pretty massive reaction to it, you know what? Why are you attracted to that person anymore? Yeah. Like, that's gross. And you know what? You kept saying, I know people change. I don't know if people who beat the shit out of a woman change all that much. And you know what? I'm really not in the mood to forgive them. Especially when you're like, oh, I know he's done this to other people. Ugh, go. No. And and if he's dated women that make you uncomfortable, just 
sounds like towny loser shit yes! to me. Like, I don't understand, like, why. I know that, like, you know, you're living there, but it sounds like just, like, towny loser shit. Do you think like, she's a dog? Like, the local bar. Get a dog. Oh, I thought you said, do you think she is a dog? No! And I was like, Leslie! No! Good question, but God. No! Um, get a dog, but you're she right. She should get a dog. It's towny loser shit. Yeah. I agree, and you're better than that, and you're above it, and I... I'm willing to bet that you're so much smarter and more clever and wittier and more fabulous and awesome and amazing than these douchebag fucking losers who don't even deserve to be around you. Cut him loose. You don't need it. Work on your writing. Work on you. This will be good fodder for your writing. And don't let anyone in your life unless they are dying to be in it. That's my personal opinion. Also, get a dog if you don't have one. Yeah, she should get a dog. Yeah. It's a great way to meet people. Or a cat. Any pet. Yeah. But dogs are good because I've seen people. I They're saw, social. Well, I saw a girl at the park walking her cat on the leash. No, no joke. No, no, And I was like, that feels wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you have a dog. It wrong. Like, it makes you talk to people because mm-hmm. your people want to come up and talk to you about your dog, whatever. It's such a really grandma thing to say. But it is the truth. And also, because guess what? A dog will be there for you. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Dogs, they comfort you when you're crying, too. Well, they of course they do. And you know, there's that, what's that thing? I'm trying to be the person my dog thinks I am. Oh, <laughs> so I anyway, love that. I'm not being harsh on you, girlfriend, because I think you're a loser. I'm being harsh on you because mm. I think these guys are a loser and you don't deserve it. And right. I think you're awesome and you deserve to have a great life and not be with people that don't value you the way you deserve to be valued. Yes. That's great, Leslie. Thank you. Next call. Hey, models. My name is Nina. Um, I have a question for you. I have a boyfriend um, and I have a serious problem with his siblings. They're like super brats. And they're always asking for money. Um, the younger brother is 23, and he is a huge loser. All he does is sit at home all day, and then he, like, berates his family for money, which I get that people have in their family. But the problem is, like, we're trying to giving him money. Like, I know that some families do that, but mine is super not like that. We don't give money. We don't, like... We don't ask for money either. So it kind of bothers me. Is like, should I bring it up? Should I say something that I don't think he should be really helping him? And is it going to be like an issue? Do you think he's going to like think of me as like a cold hearted bitch? Cause I feel like it kind of comes off that way, but really he shouldn't be giving him money. I think it's just weird. So I don't know. Any advice on it would be awesome. Thanks. Okay, I know Leslie might disagree with this. I don't think this is any of your fucking business. And if you can't live with it, then you can't be with this guy. Because how families handle money and how families interact with each other, dynamics surrounding financial stuff is none of your fucking business. And you don't know like what the roles are in that family. I have plenty of friends where it's like, I don't understand how it works. I don't know where their money comes from. I know sometimes it comes from their family. Do is my life like that? Fuck no. Like, is it any of my business that they get their money that way? If it, uh, if it bothered me that much, I wouldn't be friends with them. So 
Guess what? I agree with you. You do? A hundred percent. I just think, I think like there's no way. And if she not her business. takes his brother off the payroll or whatever, which is not her job as like the girlfriend, you're not as, you're not his wife. You're not suffering financially because like he keeps paying for this loser brother to survive. Um, you're just going to be like the bitch who created an awkward dynamic in the family. More importantly, I, I a hundred percent agree with you, mm-hmm. but the bigger issue here is. If you don't like this behavior, don't ever marry this person Mm-mm. because it will never change. No. So it's on you what mm-hmm. you choose to ex- to accept in your life. Um, if you don't like it, I would not go out with this person Yeah, because this is going to be indicative. Trust me, I've been married for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that anything that might seem like an issue before you're married is major once you're married. It doesn't yeah. go away. It doesn't bother you less. It becomes more and more crystallized. This will be a pattern that your boyfriend will do for the rest of his life. This is what he's like. So it's kind of on you. If you choose to be in a relationship with someone who does this, don't change him. This is who he is. Yeah. This is what he brings to the table. It's not your place to tell him to live in a different way. I do have to say, I think it's a little negative that she's hung up on the fact that he's giving his brother money in the brother's behavior when to me what I really am reading here is like wow this sounds like a really generous guy who makes a little extra cash he helps out his family like you're not seeing the good in what your boyfriend's doing you're seeing the bad in what his brother's doing and that's weird to me I mean there I'm going to disagree with you a little bit yeah because I don't I think it's enabling and I think if this guy really does sit at home all fucking day like if this was a kid who was an awesome kid who was busting his ass in school all the time had a part-time job and really was having trouble making ends meet Oh my God, by all means, help that kid out. Yeah. If this is some like loser who's playing Xbox all day and is just more than happy to take money and has no qualms about that, that to me is a different thing. Right. And that's like a fucked up bad dynamic. And he's actually hurting his brother and not helping him. Absolutely. So I just think like, I don't think it's your place to say anything. It's not your family. But I also think if you don't like it and don't accept it, break up with this guy because it will never change. And then it's on you, not on mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a couple years ago for my birthday, Leslie got me this book called um, <laughs> The Secret the S- Language of Birthdays. Okay, and it's written by some guys that do a lot of secret languages. Mm-hmm. They do secret languages of destiny and shit yeah. like that. They're very well known, and I am not a crazy horoscope person. No. I don't live my life by, you know, I'd barely check my horoscope. I don't have to ask what someone's sign is before I'll work with them. Right, right, right. I don't do that, but this is a book that and like my husband is a very skeptical guy about stuff like this someone else let me borrow theirs i was just perusing it and then i started to get freaked out because i was reading like my mom's and my friends and mine and i was like well this is really sort of intensely right on what it does is it doesn't do your birthday month it's more i mean like you can in the in the beginning of the book they do do a whole thing on your sign but they go day by day. So like if you're born January 10th, it's a whole two very dense pages about what it means to be born on that specific day, which is very different from January 11th. Mm -hmm. So, and on and on. So my husband was hearing me say, oh my God, while I was reading about everyone else. And he was like, that's bullshit, but read me mine. So Mm -hmm. I read him his, and he was like, to quote him, that shit is real as fuck. Mm -hmm. So we kind of got obsessed with it and we thought, 
you, Molly, would love it. And I do love things like this. I do. But I have to say that out of, you know, we did numerology on the show. We do angel cards. Everyone knows I, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't seek this stuff out and say Mm -hmm. like, I need more, 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 more. Christine and I saw a psychic once though, who told us the same thing. Yeah. Um, Oh no, really? Psychic, a little crazy on Sunset Boulevard. No, no, I I can't do that. She knew that we were friends. Oh yeah. She gave me the same reading? Huh? She gave you like the same reading? Yeah. She told us, she told us both that someone was trying to poison us. Oh, they all do. Yeah. Oh, and if you come back and I'll do this prayer for you. Yeah. Have you guys never watched 2020 She tried to sell line? me some like $1,000 rock. You and I guys. was like, I really have to think about it. Because <laughs> I, I was afraid of her. She was like, well, if you want to be poisoned to death, that's this, fine. This is the most cliche thing that these women do. They've done a thousand like... Josh Menkowitz has done a thousand undercover reports on Dateline about these people. Probably don't see a psychic who can afford like a storefront on Sunset Boulevard. I agree. And they do weird things. I know exactly what you're talking about because I've seen this. This, She was like, you're not close to your family. And I'm like, I talk to my mother every day. What are you talking about? (laughs) See, and I don't call them out. Like she told me that I was definitely going to be with a man whose name began with J. And I was like racking my brain trying to like, I'm like, I don't even... I don't even know that many J names. Saying guys. you're going to be poisoned, and they, she told both of you were going to be poisoned. Wow, that's yeah. pretty intense. Coincidence. She said someone was actively poisoning me, <laughs> and she goes, "It might not be poisoned the way that like you would traditionally sure. view it." She's like, "It might be poisoned through food." So I'm like, "I'm, I'm sitting there oh my thinking, God. like, someone's slowly poisoning me through food. Like it could only be coffee bean because they're the only people that see me regularly enough, and I don't think anyone there is upset with me." Yeah, that's a no, no. That's a classic. That's a classic scam that yeah. they've done since the dawn of time. This, okay. I'm gonna read a couple things that the gist of your page. And here's the funny thing: I come in tonight, and Molly says, "I don't see myself in this at all. <laughs> I don't think this is real. This doesn't apply to me." Well, okay. Yeah, not right. every. It didn't smack me over the head. Well, like, not I every like... minute detail, but there are some things that jump out at me that I think are something that. Look, I'm not your best friend. I don't know every detail of you, but even knowing you casually, mm-hmm. things that I could say, this does seem like something that might be Molly-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing is that people born on January 10th, it's called the day of the hard look. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it seems like the vibe of it is you are no bullshit. And you don't mean it. It's not rude. It's not to be hurtful. It's not to be vengeful. It's just whom you are. And you're able to size things up very accurately see it for what it is you don't give people false optimism mm. and you just have a realistic assessment of things i do squash ed's dreams a lot like he'll <laughs> come to me and say something i'm like that's not gonna happen and you need to stop living your life like in, in this okay. ridiculous well way. that sounds like the day of the hard look a to little me. bit of a hard look okay yeah. that sounds like it to me mm-hmm. um and that you can be accused of being blunt or undiplomatic mm. i wouldn't have said that about you but the way you just said you squash ed's <laughs> dreams that's blunt I think that's the very meaning of the word blunt. Ed had said he gained some weight from the holidays from the holidays and immediately Molly was like, It's not even the holidays yet. (laughs) I'm like, why are you acting like it's January fifteenth? Like what the fuck is going on? Ed, it's hardly it's we're nary one day into December at this point and you're like pinning it on the holidays. Well, that to me sounds like someone who is being blunt and rarely dishonest. (laughs) and it says even their detractors have to admit they do not operate by a double standard they apply the same strict and unyielding standards to themselves it's suffocating so it's not like you're seeing yourself in this totally rosy perspective and then giving it to everyone seriously it seems like you're doing it to yourself probably even more than you're doing it to others 
do you feel this way? Because I feel like you might be this way too. Just mm-hmm. I, I live my life in a way that I'm like, okay, this is honest. This is not. Yeah. And I'm going to do these things on this honest list. Mm-hmm. And if people are not doing that, then it's fucking wrong. <laughs> like, I think that like I get that vibe from you too because like you seem to be very like with our last caller, for example, mm-hmm. you were just like appalled by the lifestyle she was living. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think that something I've had to learn as I've gotten older is to accept the consequence of that behavior, mm-hmm. of my behavior. Right. Because sometimes I wouldn't, I'm just, I can't help it. Like I am who I am a hundred percent. And I had a family for better or worse that not only didn't censor me, but insanely overindulged me. Right. Like thought everything I did was hilarious and brilliant. Uh-huh. So I didn't have a lot of like, nobody curbed me a lot. So I had to learn when I got out into the world, like, oh, some people can see me as rude, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or not aggressive, but a little too maybe forthcoming, mm-hmm. a little too tell like it is. So two things have happened. I've learned to curb it when it's not appropriate. Right. And I've also learned to not take it so to heart when people have a certain reaction to me. That's my responsibility. Then I need to learn to not speak like that to certain people. Right. The people – but I've had like Richard, who was your guest mm-hmm. on the previous podcast. His sister has been my best friend. I mean, I think it's been 30 – one years. Wow. Something like that. And like I I consider someone one of my new friends. I my friend Alana, who I still think of as a new friend. I've known her since 1989. <laughs> and it still feels like she's new in my life. Like mm-hmm. so like I, Taylor Swift's entire life. <laughs> <laughs> so the point is I have very long-standing and deep friendships because I think I'm very real and my friends are in turn yeah. very real with me. So they're based on there's no bullshit there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that means that they're based on something that's so, like, concrete, you know? So, yes, I can relate to that in many ways. And I think you can look through this book and you could say, well, I can kind of relate to this. I can kind of relate to that. It just said it's, like, it said insensitive. And, like, I don't think I – I think that there can be insensitivities to me just in that, like, I think sometimes people can overindulge in their emotions a little bit in in the sense that, like, I just am like, you're only hurting yourself. This right. is really like you've really worked yourself up in this. But I'm but that really only happened like after my grandparents died and I shut down like as a person. <laughs> like I used so to sad. be a very sensitive person. Yeah. So but as I've gotten older, I'm just kind of like, oh, there's not so much room for it. So I yeah. don't but when I read the word like insensitive, I'm like, I'm not insensitive. I just don't I just don't bask in my sensitivity the way that I used to. Sure. But let me ask you a question. So there's a whole thing in here about you being armored mm. and needing to keep it light. Like, let your guard down occasionally. Carrying all that armor can be pretty tiring. Take a back seat once in a while and just enjoy the ride. Allow yourself to need to be needed. I could see how, like, you bring a lot to the table. Mm. And I could see how you probably take a great deal on. Yeah. And maybe that's – it's hard for you to be taken care of. Uh-huh. by another person because you're used to being the caretaker and more than anything just taking care of yourself yeah not needing anyone to take care of you right so i could see because i can relate to that also mm-hmm. and i could see how that maybe could come into play a with little you, bit but i don't know that's only for you to answer not to me yeah do you feel like you're carrying around a lot of baggage molly uh i do i think but yeah i think that i also i think that i take on a lot of like, I take on a lot of responsibility for other people. Like, yeah. I always feel like I need to be the cruise director. My grandmother used to say that to me a lot. She'd be like, you don't need to be the cruise director. Would like, you feel like you're authoritative? Um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, I sometimes get, like, people will say to me, 
like I don't understand my own power in that department I think because people always seem a lot more afraid of me than I would ever let them be you know or that you're not intending to scare them my my old therapist though would always say like that's like an addicty thing she'd be like that's like what addicty people do she'd say people always used to think I was so tough she's like but I was a heroin addict right so she's like I really was just like cowering and like afraid so I would put up this front right. and I think I more do something like that even I'm not a heroin addict god forbid um <laughs> uh, but you know I do- I think that there is like a little bit of that like tendency to just kind of cut it off at the past with sure. like a coolness yeah so here's the thing I do think that, like anything, there's things that relate to you, things that don't relate to you. But I do think it's fair to say that, on the whole, yeah, you're right. The day of the hard look is not so off. Me, George Foreman, yes, Benatar. Look, these are winners. Yeah, these are all huge. That's true. He has the number one selling like television item of all time. Jim Croce. Who's that? He's just a terrible singer from the 70s. Ooh, Selminio. That's intense. Who's that? Selminio was in Rebel Without a Cause. He was stabbed to death. He was um, oh. best friends with James Dean and died oh, in a horrible way. Fun. Rod Stewart. Oh, yeah. Hello. No. Kimberly Stewart's father. Yes. And a very, father I love that that's Kimberly how you Stewart. think of Rod Stewart. Yeah, no, I that don't. That is so sad. I hate that song, Maggie May. The Scarecrow um, and the Wizard of Oz. Hold on. I just mm. want to say. Um, on the health thing, it says those born on January 10th are apt to harden themselves in an overly realistic, anti-sentimental stance, perhaps in the process of bearing their emotions and sensitivities. Do you feel like, you're, like your emotions are right there and you're super in touch with them or do you feel like you have a tendency to maybe? Oh, I mute. Because, like, I, like, I have no feeling on my body. Like, Ed always jokes, like, about how I will, like, get her. I'll, like, literally, like, fall in a parking lot and hit my head and I won't say any. I won't. I won't make a noise. Literally, it says here, they may come to suffer from all sorts of rigidity, both psychological and physical. And as they grow older, not only suffer deficits of posture, arthritis, restricted muscular, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The point is they all may be symbolic of a kind of armoring, which they must break through perhaps in extreme cases. Oh, it's something stupid. They want you to do rolfing or rebirthing. Oh, no, but I've done rolfing before and it actually was incredibly effective. Oh my God, really? I think the whole thing is about you striving to remain vulnerable. Okay. It also says your diet should be kept light, fun, and colorful. I like that. I which read I think that. is cute. And I'm like meat. But I, <laughs> I like. Just but like oh, I, I think that's bacon. interesting how that armoring of yourself can translate to physical. And stuff. I do have like back posture like issues that are all from stress. So I if you hurt see. yourself, like let's say you were you were running and you were late to a meeting or to work or whatever, and you fell and you fully broke your ankle, mm-hmm. would you suck it up and go to work and not say anything yes. and stay there all day? And you want to know what's crazy too is that when I did rolfing, the woman said to me, "She's like, have you ever like fallen off of a very high platform or anything like that?" She's like, "It seems." like you like jumped off of something and I was like you know when I was seven I jumped off a roof and <gasps> she was like she was like I that she's like that's crazy she's like it's all in your feet and your knees and like my feet had been jammed no. since I was seven years old into like an inappropriate part of my ankle socket because like I just didn't I didn't tell anyone because I you knew you were gonna get in trouble. Maybe? I knew I was gonna get in trouble, yeah. and that I hit my head <gasps> on the on the house going down. Oh my god, that's Molly. what it was. And you then probably it, should have gone to the ER. Yeah, and I woke up like on the side of the house, like not clear oh. on what I had done. Oh, so it knocked you out? Yeah, I was trying to jump between the roofs, like 
Wow. Do like a little movie moment. It's very parkour of you as yeah. a seven-year-old. And uh-huh. I just fell down in between the houses, hit my head on the way down. And you just like did – because lo- here's what most kids would do. Hysterically cry yeah. and mommy, mommy, mommy or whatever. And you just suck that up and sort of like, nope. No, I remember my friend Tamara was on the roof and I looked up and I was just like – like I was like, don't tell. Wow. Don't tell. And so, yeah. Okay. That to me sounds like someone who's – very good at armoring themselves. Yeah, yeah. So I armored poor Tamara as well. She's <laughs> carrying that secret to her grave, unaware that I dug it up in Rolfing years ago. Well, I hate to say this, but it seems that we have come up with a lot of things that have rung true for no, you. No, you're right. In I the was birthday wrong about book. the birthday book. I, here I am having like, I'm like, I jumped off the roof. I don't tell anyone anything. I'm a secret keeper. Like anything, <laughs> there's things that apply to you and things that don't. But I do think there's a general umbrella. Yeah thing that is making sense to me but I also think it speaks to being see but that's personality traits that I really respect yeah because it speaks to me yeah to someone who is tough as hell what's your birthday October 25th I'm a Scorpio okay but it speaks to me as someone who's super tough really um self-sufficient oh and And uh, and and a, a tough cookie, and I like tough cookies. Thank you, girl. You're a tough cookie. I want to follow your page, but Christina is being a bitch. Okay. T- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but Sorry, you do on. relate to your page very much. Yeah, that's right. It freaked you out. It freaked yeah. you and John out. Well, I'm going to read your day later, okay. um, October 25th, and um, everyone out there, our readers who have a chance to go to Barnes and Noble and sneak a peek. It's at this. fun. It's called The Secret Language of Birthdays. It's by. Gary Goldschneider and Juiced Elfers. I love the name Juiced. <laughs> I was laughing about that in the car right over. J- the hot guy from Catfish is Juiced. Yes, Henry J-O-O-S-T, Juiced. not mm. J-U-I-C-E-D. So mm. go look at it. Go. It's a big book. It's expensive. So go peruse it or like somehow photocopy a page. Yeah. I'll put an Amazon link to the book on the show notes for the uh, Please Advise. Buy it used. Yeah. Buy your copies it's all used. the same. I love yeah. it when a used book comes Juiced. To yeah, juiced. Um, okay, let's go back to the calls. Hi, Mahals. Um, it's Alexis. Uh, hi. <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, anyway, I was calling because um, I just had a question. Um, obviously. Anyway, I needed advice. But um, I was... I'm, like, I do this thing in my life where I think, like, things that interest me, like, I won't be able to do them, and I'll be horrible at them, and just, like, freak out about life in general, and um, I was just wondering if that, like, gets better as you're older. I mean, I'm I'm 19 now, so I know I'm kind of, like, young, but I wonder if you just, like, and maybe it's because I'm super critical. I don't know. But if I could just uh, have some advice on that, like always comparing yourself to others, thinking you'll never do anything meaningful. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye. All right. First off, I just want to let you know we have an appearance from Nick, the roommate. He is making some food back here. We recently it's were talking about going. Nick is very healthy. Mm-hmm. We recently talked about going to a studio. And when I was like, yeah, it might make more sense. We, you know, we're in Christina's apartment. Sometimes her roommate comes in and the guy who owns our podcast network was like, but yeah, isn't that like the charm? Is that like Nick, the roommate comes in? Nick, and what it, are you? Is that garlic? 
much rice. Oh, you're putting in little rice. Yeah. yeah. For a little carb. Yeah, so I don't die. All right, good for you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it's very healthy. So Nick's here, just FYI. Got if, it. If anyone hears jingle you jangles him in the last couple episodes because we were recording in Molly's apartment, we do miss Nick when he's not here. Um, but Leslie, you uh, have a lot of advice for Nina. <laughs> oh no, Nina was our last caller. This nineteen-year-old girl. Yes. Girl. Here's the thing. First of all, you're nineteen, so you're you're a, just you're just a puppy. You're just a little puppy. Um, so you are young, and things absolutely those feelings that you're talking about absolutely do get better. I promise you that. But I do want to say this. Something that I wish I learned earlier is that comparing yourself to others is the thief of happiness. Mm. Do not do that. It's not real. It's your perceived image of what they're doing and what they're like. I am an actress. If I focused on everyone else's success, I would go, I would go to the top of Runyon Canyon and I would dig myself a hole and I would go into that hole and then cover myself with the dirt and then die in that hole. <laughs> so I've had to learn to not compare myself to anyone else. Think about it like this. If you're swimming and there's, think, think about a swimming pool, like an Olympic swimming pool and there's lanes, stay in your own lane. Mm. I feel very strongly about this. Do not look to your left. Do not look to your right. You look ahead and you only compete against yourself. You do not compete against the person next to you, the person who seems to be so much more advanced than you are. You have no idea what someone's struggling with, what their issues are, things that may be very difficult for them mm -hmm. could be a piece of cake for you. <clears throat> so focus on what you're good at and feed that stuff. Yeah. Also, I'm going to, and then I'm going to, I'm going to, then I'm going to stop. No. That when you say, um, I think there's things I'm good at, the things I want to try, but I think I won't be any good at them and I don't try them. This is a cliche that people say all the time about like, you need to fail. And I, I feel like that word, it's like, it's too hard for people to accept that. Right. I, I don't even want to say the word fail. What it means is you just try everything. Yeah. You just try it and you don't think about it too much. Absolutely. And if it doesn't work out, it's not failure. Like people hear that word like failure. Well, I guess you could call it failure. It just means it didn't work out. So- that just means, well, I learned what didn't work. Now let's see what does work. Mm -hmm. And you just do it over and over and over again until you find something that works. Yeah. If you're too afraid to even try, you'll never get to see what your potential is. Did you go to college? I did. You did. See, and I, I did too. And I think that not everyone needs to go to college, but I'm kind of getting a sense that you might not be in school, which is okay. I think, again, not everyone needs to go to school, especially we're learning now, like so yeah. many people don't need to go yeah. that go. A lot of people are, you know, learning that it's I mean, better for them. That was the biggest, like, misjustice of our generation is that we were all told There was no choice. We, no. Yeah, oh, so no. we were all told that we had to go to college and, like, that was not, like, so many people are in debt for everyone came out into like no economy, no jobs with sad. a shitload of debt. When they could have just gone to like a trade school and learned a trade. That said, I think that I think that if you went to even like a local community college and mm -hmm. just took courses and different things that interest you, like it's inexpensive. It can be like as low as like twelve dollars a unit That's at LACC true. and you can take Spanish, you can take dance, you can take blah blah blah. To sign up for a bunch of different fun little classes where you can just kind of stretch your stretch your muscles. Even if you are in school already, try taking electives that have nothing to do with your major. Try just educate yourself on as many different things as you can. Maybe go take a you know an improv class. Go like get involved in some sort of like group that is something that's vaguely attached to something that you care about. Even if you're not sure what that is yet, just 
get involved in as much stuff as you can so you feel like you have a purpose because you do have a purpose. And, you know, kind of I'm kind of saddened to hear you say that you're 19 and you feel this way only because I had to wait till I was like 25 to wonder if that was going to be the case for me. And now it seems like at 25, I started clocking what everyone else around me was doing. And I was saying like, oh, okay, that person like has their own TV show or this person was like gigantic when they were 22 and I'm nobody. And like that now that you're I'm hearing someone who's 19 years old say like, do I have meaning in this world? Like not only are you supposed to be questioning that, you shouldn't be so hard on yourself about yeah. it. Like, you're in your very formative years. You're, like, you're a puppy, as just you said. a little puppy. A little nothing. Like, you're just a little... <laughs> you're barely house Yeah, so you're good. You probably still live with your family. Like, there's probably, like, you probably have a pretty good situation going on and an opportunity to do a lot of growth. I think that's really good advice, Molly. Mm, thanks. Um, and I also think that getting out there and, like, doing stuff like that, don't attach a lot of expectation to it don't be like I, I need to do this and I need to be the best at it be like I, I'm just gonna try it and not think about it too much right there's I, I also love this like somebody once told me just say yes and figure out how you're gonna do it later right like even if you're like I have no idea how to do that and your first instinct is like nope no 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 I oh. can't do that Every Just job yes. I've ever had, every everything I've yeah. ever been a part of, I was so underqualified yeah. and unprepared to be there. When I took my job at Defamer, I didn't have a computer, I didn't have a TV, I didn't have a video camera, aka every single little thing I needed to do my job. But I figured that out the first week. You just figure shit out. You mm -hmm. put yourself in – apply for jobs you have no business applying for. Yeah. If they call you in for an interview, they did it on purpose. I find – you know, I find a lot of times like – what people are looking for, what they want is the last thing that yeah. they wind up hiring. So I think that's excellent advice, Molly. I think that was your advice that no. I just reiterated. <laughs> no, but I, I think that the way you put it is very, very good. Oh, and thanks, and just to, to not just, again, don't attach too much meaning to anything. Just try everything. And remember, don't compare yourself to other people. And if other people are comparing you, that's on them. That's not you. That's their fucked up problem. Yep. You don't have to, you know, there's another saying. God, I have a lot of sayings. I love sayings. Don't believe everything you think. Mm-hmm. And just be, like, if you think that stuff, like, well, I can't do it. Why? Why? What? That's just a thought. That's not yeah. a reality. Just say, well, that's a thought. And, hmm, that's an interesting thought. And I'm going to just go ahead and do she it She might anyway. be depressed, too. Maybe. I had a recent bout of depression. I'm still, like, kind of at the tail end of it. Oh, but sure. it was the first time in my life that I had had depression where I woke up in the morning I remember I called Christina one night because it was 5.30 p.m. And I stood up in my apartment. I had been sitting there for seven hours. Mm -hmm. There was not a television on. There wasn't a laptop in front what of me. What were you doing for seven Sitting. Hours? Just staring at the wall? St staring at the wall. Wow. Vacant. Just thinking? Scary. Okay. And so, and, and so I didn't know what to do. And so my reaction in the moment was to stand up and to pace. <laughs> and I said this is odd. And so I picked up my phone and I texted Christina and I just wrote, help me. And then In like, all caps. Yeah, I'm like, like uh -oh. help me. Because I just knew, I'm like, if I have one ounce of strength left in me, I'm going to use it to text my friend because I don't know what's going on with me. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, Christina knew, like, this feeling that I was having. And she was just – and I, she just said, what's going on? And I said, I don't know who I am anymore. And I have never felt that way. If there's one thing I know, it's like who I am. Yeah. And so to wake up and to feel like I didn't know who I was anymore, granted, I had just started a new medication. Sure. So like I was like 
I'd accidentally wound up taking more than I was supposed oh, to. Oh, sure. And so I was like, I, I basically said, I was like, I feel like I did speed or like Ooh, Adderall or something. Feeling. You know, that feeling where your just brain is spinning yes. and your body's like here. Yeah, you're, so, it's called, it's being in the whirlpool. It's yeah. Like you get in a whirlpool and you can't get Oh, yeah. Or it's like uh, spinning out. Like, yeah. yeah. And I knew that feeling that she was having because I've been depressed like that too. Right. So like, but you did the right thing. You, thank you called you. your friend. That's I did. exactly I what did. you should do. And I was so glad that, you know, not only did I have a friend that understood me but that once I was able to apply the perspective of like oh well one I'm on drugs so right. I just have to think of it as if I'm on a bad trip or right. something it'll pass we've all done those shrooms or those edibles where we're sitting there the whole time going it's just drugs it's just drugs I'm happy I'm happy I want a soda yep this is good I'm happy um and that's kind of what I I had to do and and so I just think that you know, I don't know if this is the case with you or not, but if you're, you know, asking these big existential questions, it might be a moment of yeah. depression for you and that, that you might want right. to just look at, at that. Yeah. I mean, you know, existential questions, you don't have to be depressed to ask them, but you might be. So just maybe look into that if you feel it applies to you. Good, good advice. Um, and I'm a doctor, so you should definitely <laughs> hold me to that. Please don't. I have nothing. You can't. Suing me would be a fool's errand. Um, thank you, everyone, so much for calling. Please advise. Our number here is 323-450-7408. We want your updates. It's been a while since we've had a good old-fashioned update. Um, you can email us, askpleaseadvise at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, please underscore advise. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and Instagram iTunes, rather, where you should and could rate us um, and leave a nice little review. We're also on Instagram, Tumblr, the whole thing. Just Google, please advise. You'll find us. And you can Google Leslie Grossman. Not that you have to. Google it up, people. You're on Twitter, too, Leslie Grossman, right? Miss Leslie G. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Because someone else had taken Leslie Grossman by the time I signed Stalker. up. Stalker. Yes, there's a few Leslie Grossmans out there. It's not a great name, so I feel I can't believe there's other people. I'm bummed out that it's another real person. I, I thought, know. I assumed it would be someone who has like your avatar, like some sort no. of freak who like puts up a little no, picture. No, there's Mary Cherry stuff, but no oh. Leslie Grossman stuff. Um, people don't see me as a person. They only, if they're interested, they only see me as my picture, I believe. Okay. Like kind of like your Jax moment. Yeah. They probably. treat you like jacks. <laughs> they do, except for they tell me they're coming out stories. People just oh, go yeah. tweet them all and they're like, I knew I was gay when I watched you on TV. <laughs> like, so That's happy. always nice to hear. It's very nice. Um, okay, Leslie, do you have a piece of free advice or anything like that for our listeners? Well, I mean, I really do believe in what I said to one of the callers about staying in your own lane and not mm. comparing yourself to other people. I think that's huge. But um, in general, just try to be aware of other people on the earth. Yeah. Like, here's what drives me to a deep rage. When I am walking in or out of a business and someone is standing in the doorway mm. and interfering with the ingress, egress mm. of people being able to access the business. Yes. Totally fucking unaware. Yes. And then you, like, I always just stand there for a minute. I'm like, they really aren't going to move. And then I say, excuse me. And then they give you a look. Yeah. You're in the doorway yeah. of a business. Yeah. So in general, just like be aware of other people. Obliviousness in life. kills me. Like when yes. I see someone, we were recently at, um, and we were in Montecito, and we had to drive down this like little path, and like mm -hmm. it's clearly for cars and people walking. Okay. And this couple in front of us, had yeah. it not been for a vegetable garden. Literally 300 yards after we had to start following their little snail pace, oh. they finally took a left. But it was only for the vegetable garden, not because they heard the 
forerunner crawling uh-huh. behind them on a dirt road. And it's just like you don't you're this oblivious. Like don't you don't care. listen. You don't you don't like you don't take in the sensory things of the world around you. Yes. You don't hear noises. Be aware of, of your body in space. Yeah, the breeze that was hitting your head a moment ago stopped because, like, a group of humans are blocking it, trying to get past you. Like, yeah, you and people so- do this in parking garages now, too. Have you noticed this? People just walk right down the middle, and they know that you're oh, right behind don't them. Don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. You're in a parking lot, motherfucker. You'll that get That fucking burns me, like, no Ooh, end. Yeah, It yeah. burns me. It burns me. We are of the same mind. Just be aware of your body in relation to other human beings. Yes. In space. Also, People get rude at buffets like that too. Ooh. Like think about the person like that's like scooping up, taking their fucking sweet time, eating everything on the the last noodle on the macaroni and cheese nope. thing. Nothing for anyone else behind them. One more thing. How about this? Sometimes I'll be in a line at Starbucks that's very long, like mm-hmm. 15 minutes. And it's one of those lines where you're like, am I going to leave? And you're like, well, I've dedicated too much time now. I can't right. leave. And the person in front of you gets to the front and has the nerve to not know what they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're staring at the menu going, well, what were you thinking about for 20 minutes while we were all waiting online? That's yeah. every LA thing, too. So what I'm, the it hell? drives me nuts. What's the matter with you? Yeah. And don't get in line unless you know what you want to order. No, nope. yeah. just don't do it. And be cool and go, you know what? Go ahead of me. I don't know what I want yet. Some just woman cool. at Starbucks the other day, it was, you know, Saturday morning, 10 o'clock. Everyone's coming in. People have their kids. They're doing soccer drop-offs and shit like that. <laughs> and this woman... Had the nerve to individually have everything that was on because she wanted to get her Starbucks points. You know, you pay with the app yeah. now. So she had each drink that she ordered rung in separately so she could scan it each time to get a star for each drink. So she's a, she, that's a garbage person. This is a, this is a person <laughs> who's more concerned with playing a game, a essentially. Person. Yo, you really need to hit the gold level of your Starbucks points that quickly. Like you're not going to go to Starbucks mm-hmm. 30 times in a year and mm-hmm. just be fine. And I have to do trash. it today. What, yeah. She's trash. And that's the kind of thing where I would have to bite my tongue. And I'd probably go up to her and just be like, you're a garbage person (laughs) everyone hates you here well the cashier thankfully like gently pointed out that she was a garbage person where she just was like you know ma'am on a saturday morning next time we're not going to be able to accommodate ringing you in for each thing like this and the woman turned to me and she was like oh i'm sorry for making you wait oh no you're not and i just looked at her and i was like uh, it's okay because oh. I just you should have said no you're not because I no yeah you're right just say no you're not no, you're like not. I like and it really stuns me. would you do that I've done it so many times mm-hmm. to the point where my husband has told me you live in Los Angeles you cannot talk like that to people yeah I need to be careful because mm-hmm. I know my daughter's picking up on it too and I need to be careful mm-hmm. but I'm a big fan of just saying something to someone's face uh, yeah I love that because they're so they're stunned yeah. they can't yeah. believe that someone actually said something yeah. because they're relying on this weird social code oh, that right. you're just going to smile and go, it's okay. No, there was someone it's not today. okay. I was at the grocery store checking out and um, the woman ahead of me was checking out or whatever and the little girl, she, she was a really young cashier girl and she was like, do you, need a ba- do you need a bag? And she was like, the answer's right in front of you. She had put the bag on top of her groceries what or whatever. What a bitch. And I said, you're being rude. <laughs> That's not necessary. She was just asking you a question. And she was like, mind your business. And I'm like... She said, "Mind." I hate a mind your business. It's like, no, it is everyone's business. We're all it in is. this I open you. space. You don't I, have to be, I was like, you don't have to be rude. She's young. She's just trying to do her job. Right. See, I love you for saying that. I would have been a little more. Because uh, I've worked in a grocery passive. store. I probably would have been like, what a lovely thing to say. Yeah. Like, I just would have had to be like, whatever. But that's, I like even being more direct. Like, that's rude. Yeah. 
Well, You're, she had braces, the poor girl. I was like, oh. You know, she's a new cashier. She, and also, is there a more monotonous she, line of work where you have to ask the same 500 yes, questions yes, over and over again? Yeah, doing it automatically. Yeah. Like, and guess what? See the bag. Maybe the lady brought bags. Maybe she wanted an extra one. And mm. She was happy to pay a dime for that extra bag. The answer's right in front of you. What a cunt thing you to know say. What? I hope she gets I don't an love inconvenient that diarrhea. No. That's what I wish for her. I hope, I hope she's she... in the car, in traffic, on a freeway, and the exit's not for a long time, and she gets diarrhea. But you know what I hope she gets it from? What? Like a, a hotel pool, like where someone <laughs> didn't follow the two weeks with diarrhea thing. By the way, is that sign not the most disturbing thing? Say, it's the most Instagram sign it's in so, the world. I mean, I want because I must have made it, God, 30 years without seeing that sign once. And then I see it, and I literally, my jaw hit the floor like i was like it says diarrhea on a sign like that's on a wall but guess what what kind of asshole is going to the pool with fresh diarrhea i know t- you know what really? a lot of people though but also the two-week window Ugh. i think is very generous that's a little i'm ridiculous. like what kind of like typhoid like bullshit do you have that if you're just like shitting yourself for t- that you need a two-week window for that shit to leave your body like hon uh, i would what? say if you've gone two full days Free of diarrhea, you can go in the pool. But yeah. if you've had diarrhea, then you go immediately down to the pool. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do not do that. It's not nice. Anal leakage. On that note. Um, okay. Well, thanks so much for listening, you guys. <laughs>